All right, here we go. Here we go. Three, two, one. One. Let's go. Man, I'm the host of the PB podcast, Troy Tomara, and joined by man, the myth, the future legend, Matt the Skip Scipion, the co-host, and of course, the wizard himself sitting from the Serpentosphere for the second episode of the PhD uh with PBE, Stan Key sitting at the Serpentosphere. Um, Skips, talk to me about just like the last month of life in Australia for a minute, dude. Dude, it's been wild, man. Just I mean, a combination of just like as much research as I could do. Uh, and then like what I'm not researching, downloading as much data as I can, and then like prepping stuff in the lab. And then on top of that, like helping teach courses and stuff like that. So like Jeez. being like a part-time lecturer, but, well, uh, and you're not even mentioning like the beers and the whiskey you're drinking in the meat. Oh no, dude. That, that's how I'm getting through it, man. <laughs> <laughs> now, is it, uh, yeah. you talked about casinos in the show a little bit. The casino world in Australia is no joke. That was interesting oh, to just me. Ga- just, just gambling in general, man. It's wild. It's just like, yeah, it's, I mean, obviously like they're the online sports books and you can bet on anything from like a horse race to like your local ping pong tournament. To, wow. Like, yeah, is it a woman yeah. or is it going to be a man or woman that walks in the door next? <laughs> so, you know, plus or yeah. minus 160. Yeah, more, more or less. <laughs> like it, it's crazy. And then like, yeah, there's no regulations as far. I mean, there are regulations, but there's like, you can, there are casinos and like, or what they call pokies everywhere. Like every pub, like you can do some kind of like of gambling, whether it's just like a basic Kino or something like that. And there's like these massive lotteries that are state sponsored that I mean, we do have in the US, but the way they like market them here is like wild. Like it's like, oh, yeah, support our lottery because, you know, we like I was saying, like we fund the children's hospital and then support our lottery because we help, you know, people in need. And it's just like. Dude, what is going on right now? Like you, can- <laughs> what, how do the how does the religious component get along with all this? Uh, it's religion. I mean, I feel like it's not super big here. I mean, yeah, it. I feel like the majority of the population is either well, they're either Catholic or they're like nothing. They're just huh. atheists or really? there's no or Protestant like there. Yeah. Um, there, I mean, yeah, there are, there are little like churches. I mean, every denomination and every religion is here, but it's not like it's huge by any means. It's not like in Texas, you know, where you go by a billboard saying that you're going to go to hell, but, uh, <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Interesting, dude. It's it's awesome to me, man. It's it's cool that you're always in the future. We joked about uh, you're yeah. waking you're waking up right now, Saturday morning, and me and Stan are you know going to bed essentially on Friday yeah. night. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, I'm I'm tomorrow's I'm tomorrow's hangover for you guys. That's literally <laughs> what I am. All right, let's talk about. Hey, you what- don't look hungover to me. Oh man, it's we're we're struggling. You're look, yeah. You're looking at what twenty seven? What is you twenty seven years old, Skip? Twenty eight. Twenty eight. You're looking at this guy's fresh, Stan. You yeah. know when he gets a hangover, that guy can run through, still run through a brick wall. Not like us. I, I wouldn't. I would not say that anymore. Well, but, yeah. not like me. Yeah. <laughs> You're sort of in between. But. Oh man, I was gonna say when we were in Midland, it was I felt like I could run through a brick wall then. That was I still don't know how you how guys I, were running was, through brick walls. It was impressive. <laughs> I don't know how we were fucking productive and all of that, but yeah, yeah. excuse my language, but 
<laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Um, well, speaking of weather, man, we just had a thunderstorm roll in. Like we officially, and I think my video is actually frozen right now because my internet might it be is. choppy. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it froze. You're, it, you got like a Joker grin going on right now on my screen. Yeah, at least you froze in a, an appropriate yeah. poise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> screenshot. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, Troy, you're still there, right? Yeah, no, I'm I'm here. You can talk. Okay. okay, you're just your picture's broken. Okay. Right. I can see the yeah. picture that Skitch just commented on it. I'm, I'm oh. just <laughs> it's great. It's great. This is All a good right. way to start the show. That's the yeah. that should be the um on the front of front page of PBE. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the front page of now it's saying it can't even detect my camera anyway well i brought up weather because uh me and stan are are getting cold it's 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 40 something degrees out right now in san antonio and i'm telling you i was out with the kids this morning while jocelyn was out and uh we were at the park sweating you know it, it was amazing how fast it turned this afternoon uh the yeah, clouds rolled in fast i mean it's amazing i i can't imagine even yeah, it was incredibly fast little storm that rolled in, and now it's going to be cold for the rest of the week. So, and you, skips, you said it's hot, humid. Oh yeah, yeah. Like we're North Tropical Queensland. It's like thirty degrees C, which I mean, we'll just say it's like around ninety degrees with like you know eighty to one hundred percent. Well, you're not that far south of the equator either. No, no, no. Wow. And it's like we there's a rainforest. There's a rainforest that's like right nearby. And then like the other thing that I noticed. And like these, and like I thought, like Houston and like Florida humidity was rough. And yeah. like I always said, I'm like I'm never gonna live in a place that's humid. And then now I'm living in a place that's humid. But uh, like it'll rain, but it only rain for like 10, 15 minutes. It'll rain hard, and then the sun will the come afternoon. out in the afternoon. And it is the most humid, swampy uh, thing. Ever <laughs> it's like over a hundred percent because it's like the water's evaporating from the yeah. Ground. Oh, and you literally gosh. step outside and you're just like sticky and like, oh. oh man. Like I went to go work out the other day and like the gym that I work out in, like it's, it's kind of like, it's, it's in like a warehouse. So there's like, they have fans blowing. I literally sat down and there was a pool of sweat underneath me. Wow. And like one of the people like, man, you're working hard. And I'm like, I literally just showed up. <laughs> I've literally done nothing, but yeah. Is it it's, buggy? Is it buggy? How buggy is it? Oh, it's really buggy. Damn yeah. it. Yeah, there, there are tons of bugs. The it, the bugs here aren't too bad, though. The bugs in the field, though, are gnarly. Like the flies, because the majority of the time there's no water, right? So like in the outback, the proper outback. <laughs> and so they'll sit on like right next to your eyelid and then like on the corners of your mouth. Wow. And like your nose, because yeah, that's where you're the you're moisture You're a humidity is. cloud. Yeah. You're so to, to them, that's yeah. The I am source, their humidity. Baby. You're the source, baby. Yeah. <laughs> oh my oh, god! I love it. Bug in the area, yeah. Now, yeah. Uh, but the wildlife is awesome. Terrible. So it's a good, it's a, it's a good trade off. Yeah, walking around with a net, like a hat, and with a net around your head. I don't know. Yeah, in some in Mount Isa, they do that. Like when they wow. do field work there, they'll they'll walk around with like a like a face net for the flies. In my Jeez. locality, not so much. Yeah, the flies like they would stick on you, but they wouldn't 
I don't know. They're different. They would just kind of hang out on you. They wouldn't actually like do anything bad. Wow. And like mainly well, on your back. They're just there to hitch like a ride. I don't, I don't <laughs> get it, but yeah. So look, man, I, you know, I, I, I've spent the last three years of my life basically working with Stan every day. Right. And so yeah. what, what drops out from this show of listening to Stan, ask his questions and integrate his thoughts in with yours and, and you going back and forth and, there's a lot from this show that's just very, very interesting geologically. But the other thing that really interests me is, you know, your attempt to do something of this scale, you know, the scale of Western U.S. almost or, or whatever we talk about in that show. But at the same time, with modern technology, right? You're going to integrate with the the people that can help you computerize and digitize, you know, the the magma metal series, dude, like that's exciting to me. I'm I'm very intrigued with how are we going to actually pull this off? Stan, like you mentioned in the show, it did the grunt work and built the magma metal series. So there's no better machine than the man that gets to spend time with us and tell us, you know, how this really works. Uh, and you're getting that access. And then at the same time, you know, you're, you're, you're really, you're literally building, I think, a machine that several of us that really are into this are going to use for maybe the rest of our careers, dude. Like, is it and crazy? You can do it anywhere on the planet. Right. That's, that's wild to me and very, very exciting. So that's what dropped out from my perspective for, from the second episode. Uh, Stan, what do you got? Just kind of high level. What dropped out from the show here with Skips? Well, what, what I wanted to follow up on that, those comments with, was um, when you come here in December, you make sure you come in here in December and there'll be a book waiting for you on the mineralogy of Arizona, because we have chapter four in there, which is essentially what in mineralogy land, our our, we plugged it in into the context of the whole magma metal series tectonic stratigraphic approach. So you need to read that chapter because we, we literally have a historical section in there where, where we, huge tables where we go through soup to nuts from the 1.8 billion year story in Arizona all the way up to the present day wow. uh, through about 14 different orogenic events. And one of the things that really came out of that for me was this cycling between metaluminous magmatism and paraluminous magmatism. They have this sort of, sort of an orogenic parade, if you will. Uh, and you can tell when one orogeny ends and another one starts in a given area. I mean, it is the way you're going to break down the tectonics, period. Wow. And so you're going to get that. And, and there's a lot of good mineralogy stuff in, the, in Australia, of course, like there is anywhere on the planet. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's. Then, you know, I was definitely going to say this show was definitely more informal. That was for sure. But. It was, I was trying to prepare something, but at the same time, it was just like, I was running into too many kind of like question marks. And I, I mean, we, we kind of flush them out on the show, but um, yeah, it's the, I mean, talking about how to go about, you know, creating these time slices specifically, like starting with the Permian Triassic and then working my way kind of out just because that's my study area. And that's where I'm going to get the most data. 
but um well, you're, you're going to want to be um assembling specific kinds of basic data don't mm -hmm. worry about what anybody has said yeah just collect every chemical analysis that moved yeah in your area collect every age date that moved in your area and then what you're telling me collect lithologic maps of the rock units not the time units yeah Oh, I have those too. I I, I have the the litho maps. Yeah, you want the the litho stratigraphy, okay? Not time stratigraphy. And then you take all of these different databases and integrate them. Don't worry about what anybody else has said. Just ground up, reassemble the whole mess. And I guarantee you, you're gonna. You're going to be notorious, if nothing else. Probably yeah. a few other more pejorative words. <laughs> but don't be afraid to do it. You know, I'll help you out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm way up here. So when Australia blows up and they throw you out into, into the uh, ocean waves, yeah. uh, we'll send a raft for you. <laughs> yeah, I'll get there eventually. Or I'll end up in that Pacific garbage patch, one of the two. What but, it, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. By the way, but, I was uh, just reading a really interesting paper on uh, New Caledonia. There's a whole bunch of them that come out mm -hmm. that talk about they're now talking about flat hey, subduction under Caledonia. <laughs> and uh, under Caledonia in the in the Eocene, just like it was here under the western US. Yeah. They're talking about underplating. And by the way, that's going to be a huge thing you're going to come away with. You're going to find out that these paraluminous events and the geography of it is implying that when you have those kinds of events, you usually have flat plate tectonic interaction. It's you're basically building the continents from below by underplating. Wow. You're not doing bumper car accretion stuff. And I guarantee you, from the way they assemble those maps, they're thinking about bumper car accretions. Yeah. But a lot of that stuff gets subducted in a flat way under the pre-existing stuff, and you literally wind up building these continents from below. Mm -hmm. Not by accretionary Accreting, tectonics yeah. on the side. Yeah, it's not from a, it's not from accretion, and it's not a it's not these uh, metamorphic core complexes, as they say. Nope, it's subcretion. Yeah, wow. is what it is. Subcretion, and I think yeah. that's going to be a big component of the story because, from what I'm reading, that's not really talked about. And kind of like I said, the big the big issue that I've 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 like I wanted to like you know kind of like take away was that. There were a lot of really good explanations for areas locally, but like I was saying, they they don't work regionally, right? Like you can't take this idea and like move it regionally, right? This one yeah. section, it could work, but yeah, there's definitely more to the story here that needs to be figured out. And yeah, just kind of figuring out the next steps and how to attack it, I feel is a, the big dropout from this. Oh podcast. yeah, I mean, here, but again, magma metal series approach is going to, revolutionize what you're doing down there mm -hmm. and you're going to leave a lot of intellectual wreckage in your wake 
yeah, that's what we do. And, and so you just be prepared for all the psychology that goes with that. Wow. Yeah. Right on. Well, damn it. As you guys have seen it, I've been dealing with it my whole career, so I'm still laughing. I'm still wearing my little magic hat and all that bullshit. <laughs> and all that bullshit. <laughs> I love both you guys. This is a fun game of bullshit at the end well, of the day. That's right. That's right. And we, uh, we will live to fight another day, and we will have an episode three. Thanks for uh, jumping on, Skips, and, and letting us dive in and get Stan in on this um yeah we'll shoot for episode three man uh we'll, yeah. we'll be in touch i'll get monty hopefully in on that one and stan so that'll be cool for episode three we'll have them both we had monty the first time now stan maybe get both on the second one uh yeah and just start yeah diving in man i'm super super excited uh that you're doing this and i think it's going to be a really cool outcome man thanks for uh, yeah thanks for the show This episode is brought to you by Trunkline. You probably know Trunkline as the company that makes the legendary oilfield horizontal drilling socks. And it's true, our drill baby drill socks featuring a heel to toe wellbore are 100% American made and are designed right in the heart of the oil and gas industry. But did you know that Trunkline is also a revolutionary digital marketing tool that can transform the way you advertise your oil field services? For only $800 a month, you can showcase your company's project track record on Trunkline and our automated platform will boost your exposure through social media, email marketing, SEO, and more. Now, whenever one of your new customers asks you, can you show me an example of your work? You can simply turn them to your Trunkline portfolio. It's more effective than a brochure, it's less expensive than sponsoring a whole other golf course, and easier than maintaining your website. Join more than 200 service companies on Trunkline by signing up at register.trunkline.com today. Let's go. Uh, yeah, all right. This is a brand new PowerPoint. I didn't just add 1.5 to it. Um, <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> All right. This is the photo I wanted to actually show hey, that's you guys. A nice photo. Nice. Yeah, so look at Skippo. Yeah. So this is me in the field, not in my study area. So this is Jurassic. This is like the wall and billow formation. But um, or just beneath the wall. Is that those basalts? No, that is actually boxwork concretion. Um that's not a petrified log. No, this is uh, all iron. This is an iron concretion that moved through this uh, sandstone bed. So what happens and like the explanation really? that I was given, which is super cool. So the iron precipitates out within the fractures and the joints uh, within this bedding. Uh, so what the thought on the matter is, is you have like a ferrous fluid within the system. And then you have another fluid that moves into the system that oxidizes the iron that's entrained in that brine yeah, that's already they crash in the fluid. Into each other, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Okay. And so then you begin to precipitate out precipitate iron out. and they call it this boxwork pattern. And what's neat about it is, is the iron <laughs> precipitates wow. out within, it's not from a sedimentary standpoint, it's sedimentary that it has, it's within the formation in which that ferrous liquid is hosted. But it doesn't follow the actual stratigraphic framework of like, or the facies of that formation. It actually will precipitate out within the joints of the fractures that are like structurally. 
So you can kind of see how there's like a line here, a line here, a line here, a line here. So you see these joints going in this orientation. Like if you and if you look at it from like a top down perspective, you can see it a lot better. Like it's Coulomb's fracture criterion to like the T. But it's neat because these concretions, they start on the outside and then they work their way in. So they're not perfectly centric. They all are different shapes depending on like that fractured piece of rock that they begin to precipitate in. But yeah, do you have I a thought picture of the cross section of this thing? Yeah. Uh, here, let me. I'll. I'll. I got it on my phone. I got a. <laughs> it looks all the world like a log. Yeah, it's it's so cool though. Because when I first saw it, I was like, "What the hell is this?" Because I've never seen anything quite like it before. Um, so you can see like the sandstone beneath it. It's like this kind of cleaner white sand that you have this beautiful trough cross bedding in. So you could actually see the progradation within the sandstone. Okay, so that that's yeah. attached to that log looking thing. Yeah, so this sandstone beneath it, yeah, this is within like the same formation, more um, or less. It's just this one bedding plane within that formation that you see this. Uh, and then here is kind of like a close-up uh, not go. me on it. That's and then this is better. another one that I saw. I didn't wow. take a top-down picture. I don't know why, but... Zoom into, uh, the one on the, zoom into the one on the right. That one looks... Well, they this both one? look super cool. Just zoom in, yeah. I can't zoom in any more than that. Nice. But yeah. That's good. So yeah, I was yeah I was walking along like this... Because we're in like this gulch and uh, or like river valley. And I just like turned a corner and I'm like, what the is this and yeah i went to my advisor and he was like oh you found that shit <laughs> and i'm like yeah what is it and then that's how he explained it to me but it's it's really really cool it's really really cool look how yeah you cracks. can kind of see how there's like this a fracture in this orientation yeah a fracture in this orientation there's a fracture in this orientation you can see how the concretions themselves are hosted within those fractures within the bedding planes but, well, how far along the plane of the bedding does that thing extend? As far as, like, spatially, are you talking about, like, yeah. vertical thickness? I mean, are we looking or, at the tabular sheet of this? Yeah, more or less. Um, yeah, the way this is, so this is at the very, very bottom of the section. So as you're walking, so pretend this, you're walking from far away to this. You're actually walking uh, down or you're walking, what would it be, up dip? You're going down section, right? So as you walk down this canyon, you get older and older and older and older. Um, and uh, yeah, this is like at the very, very end. So it's kind of unfortunate. I kind of wish it was cut more so you could see more of this exposed, but you can only see it exposed at this locality because it's like the very, very end of this canyon. Well, does it like extend like 10 meters? along the plane of the bedding there yeah it's it's thick so this yeah, is please. one section of it and then you have so you have this area and then it's eroded a bit and then you yeah. have this section so like the picture that i was just showing you is actually just behind these boulders oh hey that's a cool picture yeah yeah so this is the one i was sitting on so this is without me disturbing the piece. Okay, now I yeah. can, now I'm starting to get dangerous. It's not a concretion. Yeah, I I mean it's that was what I figured too because I'm like this is like a concretion. I think of like 
you know, just a concentric nodule, but like this is an entire bedding plane, which has been altered. Exactly. This is, not yeah. a, this yeah. is like some kind of diffusive oxidized iron story going on. Yeah. That sort of reminds me of Gang bedding, especially that hmm. those uh, ovoid things that are compartmentalized between the fractures. Yeah. So how do you do that, Stan? How do you do? How do you, if you're referencing the Leasing Gang or however you say that, which I've seen before in Outcrop, how how do you get that? Well, it's a diffusion of iron-rich uh, fluids, mostly supergene, but this might be hypogene. These might be primary fluids because this is really strong iron. I mean, is there enough hematite there to to be uh, ore grade? Yeah, they, uh, it definitely mild. could be. The, this, this is ho this is in a national park, so yeah, obviously it can't <laughs> it, it can't be mined be here. But uh, yeah, I would definitely say it's it's ore grade, and that's not even like taking it to the lab. That's just like picking up a hand specimen and being like, yeah, this is good. Well, if you um, and you're not allowed to take a hand specimen, of course. No, never. It's a national park. I would never do such. You a can thing. take pictures, but if they catch you even touching that stuff, they're going to throw you in jail. Yeah. <laughs> no, All right. So, you. are you saying this is uh, this happened altogether, or something came in later, Stan? I think it's later. It's epigenetic. Yeah. Epigenetic. Yeah. Because I As mean, it, it ha I feel like it has to with right. the orientation of the the fractures. Yeah. Right. Because because the fracturing happened prior to alteration, so the the bedding had to have been put down. And then it cracked. Yeah, and then it came and then in it cracked. Bedding, and then it cracked, and then, and then, then secondarily yeah. used the fractures, and then it diffused out between the fractures to produce those sort of uh, lozenge-like concretionary-looking things. But they're not concretions. It's some kind of a yeah a texture produced by iron replacement of that rock. Mm -hmm. I, uh, it's crazy. Yeah. It makes circles. It makes ovals. It makes yeah, yeah, we have this stuff in it's Nevada. a concentric, yeah, it's a concentric pattern, but I wouldn't call it a concretion by any means. It's no. I feel like it's it's a different definition as a whole, but that was the term given to it. And it's interesting too, because like I try to look into the literature one night to just be like, oh, what how much is work has been done on this? And they're referring to I found the paper that they referred to, and it was something similar in England, but not quite. Like it wasn't quite like this kind of uh like iron replacement or some kind of hydrothermal fluid. But yeah, they, they talk about something similar happening in England and then they just kind of use that as a blanket term, you know? Yeah. It's probably a archaic term that they just threw it before they really understood it, what the process was. Cause I would not call this a concretion. I would call it some kind of a replacement deposit. Mm-hmm. The texture of the sand, if the sands, if the sands were in place and then the fracturing happened and then you get this overprint as an yeah. epigen epigenetic sequence, why, why the texture in, in this circular pattern? How, how do you get the sand bed or the, yeah, the, li li is that That's a controlled by the fractures? So the way it makes turns like that at the, at the fractures. 
Yeah, right? how yeah. like there's a sharp turn here. Yeah, yeah, they compart. Yeah, but it's not a fold or anything. It's it's just the yeah. uh, fluid flow. So think of it this way, Troy. It's when the fluid moves into these fractures, it's not oh, starting in the center and then moving its way out. It starts on the outside uh, yeah. and then works and its way in. in. Yeah. So opposed to a concretion where it's the opposite direction. So whatever the shape of like that fractured section of bedding, it's going to change based on that. And it's going to create these different lenses and these different kinds of concentric shapes. But so let's that's, talk about let's talk about how the sand deposited itself, right? The the yeah. sand is depositing itself in sheets. So it's like trough cross bedding. So essentially, right, you're you have like this river system that's coming through, right? And then you just get that stacking pattern of the sand prograding forward. Right? So you can like when you look at it from like a side view, you can like see that, but it's like pretty high permeability, pretty high porosity sand as a whole. Right, it's all connected. There's yeah, no, let those fluids into it. Yeah, there's there's no like mud lenses or anything like that in this kind of in in this bedding plane in particular. Right, like within some of the other ones, you could see some other like sedimentary structures. You can see some fluid escape structures and stuff like that. But this wow. one is a whole like or and then like you could kind of see some like point bar deposits and other things. So but, yeah, this direction, section is which direction was the sand being deposited? In, you think? Um, so for this formation, actually this formation was, uh, like it was from basically going into the screen. It's going into the screen in that orientation. Oh, wow. So the sand was going that way. Yeah. Into the screen. Yeah. Into the screen, more or less. Interesting. It's not coming at us. Yeah. It's not coming at us. It's going, going that direction. Now, the composition of the sandstone that got replaced, did it have a fair amount of clay in it? Is it, um, sandstone? it was no, it was it was it was on the cleaner side. But what OK, so what's interesting, though, and you can kind of see it with the sandstone that's beneath it. It's like this white. It's like this white, white sand. And no layers, um, like no, like it's it's a bleach sand. No, no, oh, no. you can yeah. see the structures and stuff like that, right? Because okay. it's like once sand gets to the surface, it's got to move somehow, right? But uh, it's so, but it's like you have this beautiful bleach white sand, and then you have this kind of sitting on top of it. Yeah. But up section, then it gets into like this, uh, like a classic kind of more browny brown gray like sandstone but yeah this sandstone here was like super super white and super super clean let's see wow yeah you can kind of see how clean it is in this one right yeah so you can almost say yeah something you can definitely say something moved through the sand and bleached it to make it the way you know what it might have been (laughs) i'm listening taught me this trick Mm -hmm. um is that hydrogen will do that? Really, hydrogen will bleach yeah. the. It'll, it'll bleach. Oh yeah! The, if there's if any any clay at all, or even the quartz itself, will get attacked and bleached by a hydrogen in the in the. So what happens is you wonder whether or not there's some mass balance between that bleach thing, which I think is a fluid driven thing. Mm-hmm. And the hematite thing—is it magnetic at all? 
Uh, I didn't check. I'm assuming oh. it would be though. Yeah. Got to get that. Got to get that magnet around your neck, man. Take it everywhere you dude, go. Dude, this is my first trip well, into the field, man. It, this is actually I mean, just that like looks a, like hematite, but the question is, there could have been remnant magnetite in there, yeah. or the magnetite could come in and replace the hematite. You don't know. Yeah. But if it's hematitic, hematized magnetite, then they call that the mineral product of that is called martite. Okay. Now, the hydrogen bleaching is a reducing event. Yeah, yeah. But the iron, the iron thing we're looking at is a is an oxidation thing. Yeah, but the question is, was that magnetite originally, and then was it hematized? And if it was, then that's an oxidation thing. Oh, whoa. Wait a minute. So okay. you got to get a few more mineralogical Wait. constraints on this. Yeah, say that again, Stan. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I think it was the other way around, right? It would have to be a, re a reduction event, right? To get from magnetite to hematite, right? Or was No, that's... A, would, oh, that's no, that would be oxidation. Fe304 to Fe203. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So you have, a, you have arguably a, a hydrogen event, which is a reduction event, that transitioning, like the color literally is going from this bleach white to kind of a brownish tannish to that dark brown. Yeah, that's some kind of reaction yeah. front. But it's going yeah, from reducing. The iron, reduced, the iron yeah. dropping out. The iron is dropping yeah. out. But you can see like at the bottom of this where it is brown, you can kind of see where you have a little bit of that remnant cross bedding still showing yeah. before it like totally just gets taken over by the iron. Wow. Right. That's yeah. pretty cool. So you're, but anyways, no, you can still see relic breading that the, uh, but yeah, yeah, but the iron is really strong in there, and, and that's what those lossage lensoid shaped things are. There, that's part of yeah. the uh, Leasing Gang diffusion story. Yeah, pretty wild. But anyways, I I thought this would be interesting to you guys. This isn't even part of my field area, but this was one of the coolest things yeah. that I've definitely seen since I've been Obviously, here. Obviously, it got some commentary. Glad yeah, we spent yeah. yeah, glad we spent thirty minutes on this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, wait a minute. Yeah. Did you show this to Monty? No. Okay. Yeah. No. No. I I had a picture of Troy and I. How did in the you Grand Canyon in this? Yes. In this section. Candy yeah. cane, field candy cane. <laughs> yeah, I'm but, still. Uh, yeah, I'm, so this was the this was the replacement for it. I'm yeah. still I'm still kind of confused on how you go from from a hydrogenated or like a reduction to a oxidation situation right there or on that timeline. Well, it's it basically the one of you have some kind of an argillic. H plus rich fluid that's doing that bleaching. Okay. Is it running out and while it's that's, bleaching? That's initially reductive, and, and but then the iron comes in, and that's a plus two iron. And then as it keeps going through and starting to get diffused into that upper layer there to make that leasing gang like nodule stuff, um, it oxidizes to hematite. Where's the hydrogen go? Why did, red the, why did the hydrogen leave? Why 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 is it why did it, why did it run out of hydrogen? Oh, hydrogen is the first thing that wants to go. It'll it'll just go through anything. 
It's mm. going to space at the end of the day. Right. Yeah. I'm just trying to. That's what every oil field does is it oxidizes. So all those Coronas we have at Snake Oil or um, Railroad Valley. Yeah. Those are oxidation geochemical Coronas, somewhat like this. Wow. But this is featuring the iron, obviously. So it's 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 a system that's overall reduced. The crust is overall reduced, but at this specific spot, there's this reduction oxidation thing going on. Is that right? Yeah, you're looking at a oxidative uh, contrast across that white to the red. Interesting. You're losing electrons across that interface. That's super cool. I like that yeah. explanation a lot. <laughs> right on. All right, let's do it. Now, man. how how um, large is this this interface? I mean, is it all the way up and down the canyon there? No, no, no. I you can only see it in this section. Uh like because the just the way the uh the river is like meandering within this canyon. And you're you're so you're going down section and then around this one bend where you can see this like this is the only place where you see this formation because then you go around the bend on the other side and then you're up you're up in the section again so you miss this so and I didn't walk any we were already like a good like three miles down this thing so uh, like going through like like trailblazing and it, yeah it was a brutal it was a brutal hike I mean you guys but, are uh, left me behind. Yeah, Stan would have uh, had to follow on the drone. Now, when yeah. I was your age, we had so some cat. We had a couple casualties on the way. I felt. <laughs> oh bad, but, no! Yeah, always yeah, a good yeah. we, story. We, we had some pretty bad spills happen. Damn it! it was, this well, whole this fell? whole field trip too. Like the the story behind this one was like ridiculous. So we were <laughs> supposed to go to this other locality, and it rained, and I was going out there with uh, two of the professors a day early to kind of set up the campsite. And we ended up getting like stuck in like this nasty clay. And we literally, it, and what should have been like five hours to get to the campsite, we didn't make it to the campsite. Damn like we it. got stuck that many, we got stuck twice. And like both times we got stuck the trailer jackknife. So we had to like remove the trailer oh, and then damn. like, yeah, get the recovery boards. It was a nightmare. So the, like all the students were supposed to come the next day in like these little mini buses. And we're like, dude, there is no way we're in a four wheel drive Ute with like mud tires. And if like, we're getting stuck, there's no way they're going to like make it in here. And then the yeah. next day they came in behind us and immediately got stuck. Gosh, so yeah, we ended man. up going to this locality instead of like where we were originally going to go. So the whole field trip was kind of like fly by the seat of the pants, but okay. it turned out in my opinion to be better. <laughs> well, this is, I got cool. to see this. Yeah. yeah. Now, is there a geologic map that's detailed to this to this outcrop? Has so someone this, mapped this? This outcrop was actually evaluated for the first time by a PhD student oh. here that just graduated. Because, um, like, he was doing this whole... There's, like, this massive Jurassic arc, like, back arc that goes through Australia. And it, he was one of the guys that was like kind of the, the lead as far as like figuring out what was going on in like northern Queensland, like where we are. So he was the first one to actually identify what this formation was and actually got to name it. But he didn't go into any kind of super detail. It was just kind of like he found at the end of his dissertation, threw it in there 
and then kind of walked away. But another thing <laughs> with this canyon, so this is called Where Porcupine Gulch. Uh, the geology of what's published is all incorrect. Um, and that was, we figured that out at the university because we did some zircon dating on the formations that, you know, were, you know, supposedly like certain age dates. It turns out they were wrong uh in uh, literature did you do yeah, yeah. and they, they were and they were and they were quite off like they like the people who sampled it originally took like a couple of samples and they happened to take it from the formation that they thought it was but we took one of the students took samples throughout the whole section and it was like oh no it's like we only have x when in the literature it says xyz um so yeah, someone will have to go back and figure out the story here because it, it's actually yeah very very incomplete and very very uh, yeah there, there's a lot more that needs to happen. Are these but, detrital zircons or or original zircons with the rock? Uh, both. So they're tough beds that were discovered that were that zircons were taken from, as well as detrital zircons from uh, other formations. So. Hmm. Yeah, it, it was a combination of the two. So we had like like a like a primary, and then we had the detrital samples. Okay. So yeah, yeah. but yeah, the right. tough bits were kind of like a nail in the coffin. Like, oh wait, <laughs> these are wrong. <laughs> yeah, and those tufts could could pluck up zircons along the way to the surface, right, Stan? From different age things. Uh, if they're true tufts, they're going to basically be magmatic, largely magmatic. Yeah, you no. might have a few zircon xenocrysts, but uh, probably yeah. they're going to be the originals, the primary okay. ones. Yeah. And the way that you take samples, right, from like detrital samples, you're taking like over 150 zircons well, yeah, per you, sample. You and then for, yeah. Yeah. And for, and for magmatic, you typically take 80, but for like edge or like research purposes, you'll take a hundred to 120 just to be safe. Cause yeah, you don't want, you well, don't want to take one zircon and be like, Oh the, yeah, this is how old it is. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. The zircon technology now is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. We have a whole lab that we can do everything on site here. So it's pretty sweet. That's actually kind of what I've been doing the last two weeks is like prepping a bunch of samples. So, uh, but yeah, uh, this was that, um, it's not to derail everything, but let's, yeah. Uh, all right. Let's just pretend that doesn't exist. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Stan, this is the one that I'm, I'm actually really interested to show you, right? So this is the structural framework of Queensland. Um, and as you can see, it is a total mess. It's divided into, excuse me into these specific geologic provinces. And I think, I think I've explained this as well. And I think you already know, but I'll, I'll for the viewers, I'll, I'll reiterate again too. So no, the geology the here, specific, yeah, yeah, specifically for basins, it's not subdivided by locality. It's subdivided by age. So you can have basins overlapping each other based on like age constraints. So like for the Permian basin, like was the example I used, it would be when you talk about the Tobosa Basin, it would be subdivided into the Tobosa Basin and then Delaware, Central Basin Platform, Midland Basin. But when you refer to like the Midland Basin, you would only refer to the sediments that are uh, Pennsylvanian to Permian in age. Those sediments that were deposited post-Marathon of Wachita. So these different orogenic events 
will subdivide these basins. So when so you're, you're like you're telling me that these are time units and not rock units. Yeah. So they're yeah. So they're 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 time equivalent specifically to an orogenic event. Um or some kind of intrusion or something like that. But so again, it's way more, it's more complicated than even this. Yeah. So each one of those colors is a time unit. Yeah. Not a rock unit. Yeah, exactly. So it had lots of other different rock types in those colors. Yeah, exactly. So for example, my study area yes. is this area here. It's the Bowen Basin, which actually extends I've all the way down here. Yeah. So it's, it extends through here, but on top of it, you have the Sturat Basin, which is Jurassic in age. The Bowen is Permian Triassic in age. Um, so you'll have these basins overlying these other basins. That's why it's such a mess over here in like the Cooper Aramanga Basin. It's like you have Cooper, you have the Aramanga, you have the Artesia Basin. You have like four or five different basins sitting on top of one another here, but. Like basin, I said, like the basin basin is like a structural thing, like yeah, and it, but they're doing it just off time. So I mean, it's it's that is it is confusing. It's confusing when you yeah, like coming from our conventional standpoint. But when I when someone refers to the Bowen Basin, I'm like, oh, this is the locality. These are the units that they're talking about, right? Like so, when someone says, hey, it's in the Bowen Basin, I know they're not talking about anything. Jurassic and younger, and I know they're not talking anything pen and older. Yeah. Right. I know when they say so Bowen, it's specifically this locality, these units within that locality that are deposited in this structural framework. Like that's that's the way it's it's defined. So it's 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 weird to get your head wrapped around it at first, but you know, after you do it for a little while, you're like, oh, I kind of like this. Like, you know, it helps for me that reason. Delineate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. It helps me delineate why these sediments were separated by different tectonic events. So, yeah. Um, yeah, but what do you do with time transgressive stuff and all of that? I mean, it gets out of control in a hurry. Yeah, and that's part of the problem. <laughs> you know, when uh, I do mapping, I, my, I map by lithostratigraphy. Mm -hmm. So I map rocks, something that you can put on a define with your hand lens and your put in your hand and look at it and yeah, this is a limestone, and then you just map the thing that looks like a limestone. That's a lithostratigraphic yeah. unit. Yeah. I mean, you would and do something figure similar. Out its age later, because the age can be time transgressive. It can be all sorts of things when it age yeah. is something you can't see. Yeah, and that's where things get interesting when you especially have these overlapping events where it's like, oh, this was deposited then. But then this fluid came in this time, and then it was, you had this kind of shear that happened at this time. So that's when things kind of get wild, right? Like if you're looking at like the Catalinas, for example, right? It would be when you're looking at the history of that, you you would, you would like you said, you would look at the rock unit and then break down the rock unit based on all the things that have happened to it. But yeah, it's anyways. So these, these uh, are, that map that we're looking at, uh, is a map of time units. Yeah. And it's broken down into not rocky what were deposited based on the orogenic event. So it's like you have the New wow, England origin that's circular here. Circular reasoning big time. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So you have the New England Big origin chain. here. You have the Mossman origin up here. You have the Thompson origin yeah, here. And then you have the Eisen stuff here, which is like super old. Um, the, the Australian uh, Australian way here. Yeah. But uh, so this was the gravity and the magnetics. So you have gravity on the left, uh, magnetics on the right. And this is kind of another kind of more simplified example of it, like broken down into its various terrains. So you have this, the Mount Isa province here, you have the Mossman origin, the Thompson origin, uh, Bowen Cindy Gundawan basin here, which is my study area. Like I'm up here, the new England origin here, the Lachlan origin here, and then this other origin here. Um, and you can see pretty interesting stuff. Let's see if it can move that out of the way. We'll do that real quick. Uh, What's the age of the Thompson origin? The Thompson origin. So this is where things get like kind of wild. It's like it all kind of happens simultaneously. (laughs) And that's where I'm like finding in the literature things don't really work out really well. So they're all uh, like Paleozoic in age. They're all initiated. All these orogenic events are kind of initiated within the Paleozoic at various times. So I believe the Thompson is Ordovician, if I'm not mistaken. It's either Cambrian Ordovician, uh, or no, no, it's Cambrian, yeah, Cambrian, yeah, Cambrian Ordovician. Uh, but it's like they're, what, one thing that I noticed is they'll use different kinematic models to explain why these different orogenic events have happened. And then, but when you back it out, for like a big picture story, they don't work out. Cause like some one person will say, Oh, you have a subduction zone complex dipping this way. Uh, because you know, they see certain things in some locality. And then you say, Well, if that subduction zone is zipping that way, then this way, this place would be affected by it as well. And we don't see the effects of that, you know, X, Y dipping subduction zone. This whole thing is a can of worms. Yeah. But what's crazy is like you have all these events that are happening kind of like simultaneously and they're forming all these various terrains and basins and all this other stuff. And that's where things kind of get wild. But yeah, what you notice in the Bowen Basin, which is like kind of classified as like original like back arc and then you have like a rift, like that's that's how it's essentially classified. You have uh you know a nice little gravity anomaly here and then you have this mag peak right down the middle so yeah there's some fun stuff going on <laughs> to say the least well if but, you're looking at it based on it's what the mag is over there on the left no that's gravity okay. no that's this is grav yeah this is uh yeah, mag yeah. uh zoom in just to those two just so we can go back and forth on yeah that's good some of those patterns cross province boundaries. Yeah. The main patterns and the grab patterns. Mm-hmm. Especially that chain of gravity lows in the middle of the picture on the left. Oh, here? Yeah. 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 So this is the Aramonga Basin. This is, like this, is their, the this is their big oil basin in Aus- or in Queensland. Excuse me. Like the Cooper Yeah. So like they they they're producing a lot of oil out of here. Um it's where they do like their little IBA project. That's one of the basins that they'll use. Um and what what are the age of the host rocks that host the oil there? 
They are oh, Aramanga. It's a Jurassic. I believe it's Jurassic in age. It's either Jurassic or that Mount Isa thing is. Um, it's old. It's like about 1.8. Jurassic. It is Jurassic in age. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. We can go back. Yeah. So it's Jurassic in age. So it's one of the younger units that sits on top. Uh, yeah. The Cooper is the older one. And then Aramonga sits on top of it. Um, but yeah. Uh, Isa up here. This is like all super old. And this is like the. Yeah, I have a slide. I have a slide about it. It's like the the biggest mineral bearing province in all of Queensland. Like the rocks are like 1.7 to 1.4 billion years old, and it's yeah, like divided into three different terrains. And yeah, they're pulling everything out of there, from precious metals to you know REEs to other critical minerals that they're looking at now. Uh, yeah. But yeah. It's, I think, within, and I said this on the last podcast as well. So, sorry for those who are, who are we're, we're refreshing the brain. Uh, the majority well, of the uh, department. Class, yeah. There. So, the majority of the department here is actually studying, like doing their papers in Mount Isa. Like, I think of the majority of the geolo economic geology students are, I'd say like five students are doing PhDs on, in somewhere in Mount Isa. It's wild just looking at different ratios and like different areas of like different things that I okay, don't even so know. They're not, nobody's working on broken hill, for example. No. Broken hill. No, That's they talk about it all the time. Stuff. They reference, they reference broken hill type deposits all the time, but no, no one, no one in the par department is currently working on it just because funding, like all the, the big critical minerals funding came in specifically to look at Mount Isa. So, <laughs> Oh, but yeah. uh yeah anyways uh yeah it's fun stuff there uh what was this one However, oh the you're, continental you're sort of parked off on the edge of this yeah yeah so this is the continental ribbon theory and this is something that what? i've been going back and forth with so essentially you have this rifting event that occurred uh in Rodinia. So like in the, yeah, that early, what is it like it, in the Neoproterozoic, I believe. Yeah. So you have this rifting event that occurs and within the rifting event, you have pieces of continental crust that are rifted into the sea. Uh, then you have like this, you know, collision event. Well, that that occurs. So you have this rift. Out. Yeah. So you have this rift and then all these things come back together. And like during this rifting event, Right between these different pieces of continental crust, they're saying that they form like these little ridges and these other back arc basins and these other things, and then they slam back into the continent. So when they slam back into the continent, they create all these like oroclinal structures that you see here and up here. Yeah, the so-called ribbon textures. Yeah. yeah, down here. So yeah, that they call it ribbon tectonics, and uh, I mean. And the way they support it is due to the ages of some of these like accreted terrains. So up here, like in the Mossman, they're arguing about this area now. And they're saying the Barnard province is part of one of those accreted terrains uh, or one of those rifted terrains that got reaccreted because it's older than everything else in the middle of it. So uh, the age of this is around, I think it's, 
I want to say it's 500 mil to like 600 mil. And then everything in the middle is around 300. So they're saying that's the only way you can get 600 that. 600 mil would be Avalon orogeny in, in so-called Laurentia. Yeah. Or Pan-African if you're down in the African area. South yeah. African. Yeah. Slash South America. Great time. Mm-hmm. So but yeah, the big the big thing that I'm running into is like you have these areas where they explain locally, which makes sense, right? Like they'll explain an area locally and they're getting a specific structural texture. But then when you zoom out, you're like, well, that's not happening here or here or, you know, like in these other localities where you'd also expect to see some remnants of it. Uh, so what's actually going on? Um, what else? Oh, wait, did I? use the new one? I guess I use the new one. I started this one. Uh, so these are the Permian Triassic super basins. So here you have the, like the Bowen Gal or you have the Bowen basin, which I'm going to be studying. You and have the Galilee basin. basin and then the Cooper basin. So the Cooper basin, they're actually producing oil out of Galilee. They're doing some oil exploration out of, and the Bowen basin is primarily coal seam gas out of the Permian section. Um, the big issue with the Bowen is uh just or the bowen sydney gundawan basin is that they're the structural models for from it for it change paper to paper that's basically what i've been like trying to wrap my head around some people say it's back arc extensions some people say it's just a rift system period uh we have this like orogenic event that's occurring to the east but none of the sediments that we see in the boast in the Bowen are being hosted from the orogenic event in the east. Uh, there, it seems like the paleo channels are all flowing north to south. Um, yeah, so it's wild stuff that's happening, and it seems like the story is very, very uh, not concrete. Put it that well, way. Well, wild in your parlance equals enigmatic for me. Now, one thing that I don't see it all in what you've done so far is um, Troy, pull up your, yeah, can you pull up the cracks of the world map? Oh yeah. Ooh, pull it up on that Google earth, dude. You can see it on Google earth. Yeah. But well, there's not a, a whisper of that cracks of the world texture on your maps. Cause you've just obscured it with all this ribbon stuff. But I mean, there are some big cracks running through there that need to be accounted for in that area. And they don't seem to have participated in any of the maps that you're talking about. There you go. So the, the interesting question is to park the regional geology that you have. So you have so you have the Bowen Basin. Uh I mean you can't say right, right so where Troy's where Troy Troy was, yeah. You have the uh can I do this? I think you can annotate. Yeah, there's some way that you can yeah. annotate. Yeah. Oh look at that. So yeah, you got the Bowen Basin here. 
You have nice. the Thompson Origin belt here. You have the New England Origin belt here. You have the Mossman Origin belt up here. You have the Isa Province here, right? And then this is the North Australian Craton up here. So this is all just like basement stuff. Um, here, the Bowen continues into Cindy Gundawan to there. Uh, yeah, Thompson then wraps around through here. Uh, you have the Texas Oracline that runs through here. This is where that ribbon, first ribbon tectonic structure was first discussed. You have the New England origin out here. Then you have these various uh, ribbons out here in the ocean that, well, this is a subduction complex here. But then, yeah, you have like ribbons that like will sit through here, like the Lord Howe Rise and some other like major oceanic, yeah, quote unquote. Yeah, but that's rocks. all young oceanic stuff. It's yeah. everything you totally different time frame than uh, what you're doing there in Australia. Yeah. And this is all Tasman origin. This is the Tasman origin line. So yeah, they, they call it the Tasman origin and then they subdivide it into like these little orogenic events. So they'll subdivide it into the Thompson origin, the new England origin, the Mossman origin, the, you know, the Bay Bowen Gundawan or Bowen Hunter orogeny, uh, blah, blah, blah. So Yeah. But yeah, what Sudan, go ahead and pick the brain. Yeah, I, I'm just see that you've got an obvious if you look at the G okay, let's have a look at your geophysics again now. Oh. All right. All right, let me pull up my other prez because I actually have the better geophysics than that one, I think. How are you getting along with your advisors? Uh, really good. Really, really good. Uh, I like them both a lot. Um, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they're both my speed. Um, so this is a different map, but uh, this will be like TMI gravity or TMI magnetic, sorry. So total magnetic intensity. So you can and see I, how those deep blue areas. Yeah. They coincide with our cracks, the cracks. Up yeah. There. Yeah. And those are like those boundaries for like yeah. the Thompson boundary would be here. Uh, yeah. But yeah, and then those those north south cracks coming through here would be the Bowen. The Bowen, yeah, just yeah. runs on this mag high, and then the New England is just this mess out here to the east of that. So oh, yeah, and this is where I'm at. Yeah, if you're wondering where I'm at, Stan, here I am. I'm right yeah. here. Yeah. So so the the mag is this is mag. Yeah, this is to, yeah TMI. So total magnetic intensity. So you'll yeah. see like some okay. kind of residual pole effects, but yeah, it's it's still good enough. Okay, where's the gravity? Do I have the here? I'll pull up that other one then. It's got both. Oh shit. So gravity to the left, mag to the right. 
Okay. Yeah, there's that big sort of green area. Are you referring to the, the central area here? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What do, what do they call that now? What terrain is that? So this is, so this will be Cooper, Galilee, uh, Artesia. <laughs> it's so, that's kind of the crazy thing. Each one of these little dots explains like a different terrain within this, within this section. Section. Hmm. Yeah. As that bowl as is that changing bowl and changing yeah. And yeah. Based on the, you know, the tectonic stresses and all of that, that's how they're delineating these different, like, quote-unquote, basins. Now, the oil seems to like the reduced areas mm -hmm. for openers. Yeah. So you got low density grab out in the middle of that with mags locally stuck through it yeah where you where you where your hand is right there yeah the intriguing mag high gravity low combo yeah mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, I was going to say that combo and then this one in the Bowen, which is like pretty significant. It's not a gravity low, low, but I mean, that mag high is just absurdly high. Like these values would be top end of that. Right, uh, right, right. The bar. But. But up there to the north, there's a. Grab low mag high area right in there. Yeah. Yeah, this would be the Galilee that wraps through here. Yeah, and that's also age equivalent to the Bowen. Is there oil up in that where we were just looking? Uh, in the Galilee? Yeah. Um, there hasn't been a ton of exploration there. I know they're they poke some holes, but the majority of the oil that they're drilling, like I said, have been from the Cooper Aramanga. So like down here. And then the right, which is uh, that's got permissive texture, yeah. And then down here in the uh Surat, and then up here in the Bowen, it's actually just mostly coal bed methane that they've been looking at because they haven't looked at the Triassic section at all, it's all been Permian coals. Hmm. Do you know what kind of coals? Uh, no. As far and what values are you looking for, Stan? Because I will answer that next time we're on a call. Uh, well, it's the the um, type three, type two, and type one, and then there's type two S. Yeah, you research that. So the I believe they're mostly type three type is your three. gimmick. Type yeah. three is the that's the point. Yeah, I think they're mostly type the three, two, but I'll the check. The other two are chemical coals. So it, it, it's really important to have that distinction because the origin of those is totally different. 
Yeah. UDH is affecting the type ones and twos. Which I'm the assuming type. there will be. I, I'll I'll dive into the literature because I feel like that would explain a lot more than a conventional model here, as far as a swamp yeah. and yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, there's the swampy stuff is typically rolled into type two. The lacustrine stuff is type so-called type one. Mm-hmm. Now, I know you have some Eocene sediments somewhere around here that are presumably type one. Eocene. Do you know where those are? I do not. I was going to say them. Everything Where's I've studied has basically story? been to the Cretaceous. I haven't. Yeah, I haven't looked at any of the younger stuff. Uh, we can probably one sec. Um. Yeah, try. Cape York. Carboniferous. Yeah, it doesn't talk about any of the younger stuff on here. This was the other presentation that I did. Huh. Uh, yeah. No, I don't got anything on the Eocene sediments here. Oh. Yeah, there's supposedly oil shales in that. Interesting. And it's in well, Queensland? Well, yeah, somewhere in this part of the world. I was going to say, maybe, yeah. maybe well, I don't away, really but, know, you know. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't, because I think the majority of the oil that they're producing out of here is from, yeah, it's it's Paleozoic and Mesozoic sediments. Um, just because that's kind of when all the tectonics were active. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's just, it's a wild story where you just have all these overlapping events that, like I said, it's just one thing after another, after another, it's just, yeah. And like the convergent vectors, they need to be figured out because it'll help shine a lot of light on the story here and what's going on. And that's what I would like to do by the end of this PhD is, is figure out what exactly is happening like North, not only in my study area, but all the way down to like Tasmania because they're Jurassic Ira, uh, there are Triassic coasted sediments in Tasmania as well that are yeah. apparently correlatable to the s- sediments that I have up here. So something affected it all simultaneously, but how, you know, these convergent vectors actually. So you want to ultimately try to produce a time slice map of the Permian. Yeah, the Permian Triassic. Yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to figure that out. Oh, Triassic. Okay. Yeah. Because that's when it seems like, yeah, there was like a big distinction in events happening. And if, but if that could be figured out, I feel like the whole story would be like pretty easy to put in the context. Obviously, I'm going to need to know what happened prior, but yeah, it's, it'll be good. It'll be good. I, I, I've got a lot of faith in this project. I've got to get a lot more samples, but (laughs) what's the name of the project? So right now I'm doing uh, basically what how how do I frame this title because it's 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 kind of changing as like the data is coming in and as far as like the data being uranium lead is that how you're going to attack it? Uh, I'm attacking it with everything. So I'm using like 
a conventional, not conventional, but I'm using like the geophysics, I'm using the well data, I'm using uranium lead, I'm using uh, lutetium hafnium, I'm using rhenium osmium because we can actually test for that here as well. Uh, cool. And then just going through a bunch of these detrital samples and actually figuring out what the hell is going on. Um, but yeah, it's going to start with like a basin analysis of more or less the Bowen from regional to outcrop scale. Uh, I have five different localities that I want to go check out in like the northern Bowen as far as, you know, where I could take samples up through the section. So like on a surface geology map where I could actually go from the Triassic all the way through the Permian and collect samples like across the PT boundary. And then uh, I'm going to do the same in the Galilee as well. And then from there, yeah. And then from there, start putting together this regional picture of, or like this regional framework from the Galilee to the Bowen, to the Cindy Gundawan, to Tasmania. That would be like my, wow. like where I want to cap the project. And then, yeah, whatever fun little resources I find along the way. Yeah. Um, so where are your ultramafic stories at in, in this area? As far as like exotic terrains and like... Well, like, no, serpentines. Oh, they're everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. They really are. Uh, like, I have the book here with me, actually. So I've been diving into this bad boy. It's the Geology of Queensland book. And yeah. within the first, like, two pages, it talks about serpentinization. So you have serpentinization here, plenty of it in... Uh, Mount Isa, you What's have a ton of it in the Bowen, you have a ton of it in the Mossman, a ton of it in the Galilee, and you have a hell of a lot of it in the uh, New England origin as well. As far as what so you can you see on the surface. The oil have you laid the oil geology on that? Um, I have, but the problem is there isn't a ton of oil exploration in these areas. Well, I mean, there must be a lot of geography on the oil occurrences, hydrocarbon occurrences. Yeah, there isn't really, that hasn't really been mapped out. Because everything has been such, or more coal-oriented and more, uh, like, economic geology. Like, that's been, like, the bread and butter of Queensland, I'd well, say. Well, they've been looking at base metals in Australia forever. Yeah. Yeah, that's I was going to say, the majority of the literature is on, on base metals. They've really gone nuts on those. Yeah. They love them. Well, yeah, part of their economy, but um, yeah, you need a map just taking this geophysics, taking where you're seeing ultramafix and because uh, they love sutures, yeah, in this environment, and um where you're seeing the hydrocarbon deposits. And that includes the coals, especially the type ones and twos. Mm -hmm. If I was looking for hydrocarbons, that's those are the first constraints that I would put down. If and you were looking for, so in context to my project, 
if you were to look for, what would be your markers to look for as far as like a time slice reconstruction? Like if I want to be like, okay, well, what I was like happening? I Triassic. I spent a lot of time on the Bermo Triassic over in Europe. Yeah. That's what Cooper Yeah, but what, what, what data are you looking at in your mind to be like, okay, this is how I can nail a good time slice <laughs> of, of this unit? Uh, basically what you just said, everything. Oh, cool. <laughs> Just I all mean, of it. Get That's great. With Cooper Schieffer, we looked at everything from the regional geology right down to a grain of chalcopyrite. Yeah. I mean, if you want to get an idea of what I was doing, uh, read the two papers. Yeah. That I have on that. They've, they've come out in Intech. Oh, that's right. They officially came out. Also, yeah, congratulations on the. Yeah. On the geology of uh of uh, Arizona, mineral well, or mineral is it just mineralogy? I thought it was everything. I thought it was all mineralogy of Arizona, but th that's th that's different from what I've done on the uh, Kupfersheeper, which is over in northern Europe. It's in in uh, southern Germany and southern Poland. Yeah, and so we did a big take on that. Mm -hmm. That's such an interesting and time. It's yeah. yeah. So that whole Pangea breakup story is really interesting. Yeah. Because that's Kufer Schiefer is a world class copper silver system mm -hmm. with a lot of other goofy things in it nickel, rhenium, osmium, a little bit of lead zinc, and oil. Yeah. It's way underplayed for oil, and just like it is here. I'm gonna. So the other question you have is, where are your black shales at? Mm. Where are your carbonaceous shales in these rocks? Yeah, I was gonna say in the Triassic section, it's interesting. You have a little bit of it. Well, you have a little bit of it through the Permian, and then you have little lenses within the Triassic. But it's not like the Permian where it was like that kind of an active system. I would say, it's at least in the bone. Yeah, it's, I mean, nothing will, nothing is ever stuff. like that. I think people, yeah, people need to also realize how crazy the Permian actually is. It's always bigger in, in Texas. Basin. What? Yeah. When you're in Texas. Uh, you just, you Our just bases like are the biggest and the best. Troy, you like it all. You know, um, we're going to have to start wrapping this thing up because this is kind of a, you know, it's just kind of yeah. an intro for Stan to start getting into it. And then, uh, and then I think we'll get some yeah. good, good guidance uh, for the next yeah. episode. Um, one thing that Monty kept bringing up was the geology of the ocean floor and the geo and, and connecting it to the geology of the continent. You know, have you thought more about that skip since, since that? And, and if, if, uh, if there's any, any more color you could add to that Stan, that would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so that's where I kind of, and that's where the confusion I have stemmed from, was like diving into, because I wanted to understand, I figured if I can understand how these various terrains were being accreted, right, I could start to piece together the story is in regards to, and not only like how they were accreted, but how the oceanics, uh, like these margins were subducted. And I think that is like the key to a lot of this is because you have, like I said, if even if you don't believe that these ribbons were rifted away from the continent, 
right? Even if you just say, hey, like, let's just say these ribbons came from somewhere else and then collided into the continent. You have these, let's see, I'll pull this up. So you have like these, like these oceanic rifting margins in between these continental ribbons, right? And when those get subducted, what are they actually doing as far as uh, from like a magmatic perspective and like from a structural perspective? Um, well, see, okay, so... If you're going to do that, if you're really serious, you're going to, there, there is a huge yeah. amount of petrologic data in this part of the world. Not like there is in most other parts, but especially here. Yeah. Um, there's everything from paraluminous to metaluminous to alkaline, ultra alkaline, but you need to go after it from the point of view of the magma metal series classification mm -hmm. which means that you need to really get it stick your nose into that 1991 paper and yeah. then those Cooper sheeper papers because uh but the 1991 tells you how to do it what plots you need what elements we were using and then the literature's come along with some other useful stuff since then but uh but uh, you need to start with that as your benchmark. And, and the other thing that you would start with on the ground floor is there's a paper in uh, Journal of Petrology about 2005-ish by Frost, Frost, and Arculus. And, and it's a tiered logical cl geochemical classification of granitic rocks. And it's very similar to the one that I've been using, magma metal series. In fact, I just talked to one of the Frosts. Uh, they're, they're a uh, husband-wife team, and, and I talked to the wife at this last conference I was at at GSA. And she was regretting. She said, yeah, I know what you did. And yeah, we could have done more with the metals. We should have done more with the metals, which is what we did. Because we let the divisions on those plots between calcalcalic and alkaline calcite, those were determined by what the metals were doing. Mm -hmm. That's how we drew the lines. It wasn't just going around taking a uh, dictionary survey of the local petrology community at the time. Yeah. We tied it into natural history. Because the idea is that the metals are the fractionates of these different magma types. Mm -hmm. So when they bleed off their hydrous uh, emanations, those take the metals with them and, and, and they take whatever was incompatible with respect to the magma. So you can classify a magma doing that. And that's all we did for our whole career at Magma Chem. Yeah. And that if you if you did that and you, you came back like we did, we did it in southwestern North America, basically Mexico on up, up to uh, Canada. And um, we also did it in South America. So we have a big enough chunk of the planet that we know it works because we got all kinds. When we deployed it together with the age dates and the chemistry and the ore deposits, we, we got timing uh, and we're able to reconstruct the tectonic history of all of those areas in a lot more detail than um, 
the current academic literature. I mean, the academic literature is just still lost in the in the weeds somewhere. Um, it, it reminds me very much of what you just described. But yeah. to do that, you have to come in from the ground floor up and resynthesize and redo all of the petrology and the petrochemical and mineralogic data that's there. And you, it, you can do a lot of damage. And the picture you come up with will be quite a bit different. And that's what I'd like to do. Out. Yeah. Wow. It might not be accepted, but yeah, that's that's the goal of well, this. Well, it's because I think if you can if you can reconstruct ambitious. it, for for me to do that in the context of MagmaChem, I started that back in the early eighties. Yeah. You're not going to want to hear this. It took about fifteen years. Number one to build a classification. Well, you don't have to do that because I've already put it. Yeah, I was going to say, you, you've you done all the, you've done the grunt work. I just need to plug and play. But I had the entire graduate student population because there wasn't as usual, there was starving, starving graduate students. Um, and I was the only game in town. So I hired all these guys and, and at the time, we didn't have all these fancy computers. Now you can, a lot of this stuff you've got is digital, but you're going to have to create the plots. Now we've got those. Now you, what you need to do is hire some fancy guy that really knows how to play with the computers. Maybe you do. Uh, and uh, create the algorithms that are going to plug and play the data into the plots. Hmm. And then you can start creating the, terminology and the classification you can deploy it and really start breaking everything down so it's because of all the automation that's out there you're going to be able to do a lot more wow a lot quicker but it's going to still take 10 years you're Skip. in a 10-year program <laughs> all right that's well, a big maybe chunk of your life you're talking about I'm doing like you. I mean, it was obviously it's still a chunk of my life and i'm still playing that game well it never ends i get that but i'm talking about like are you talking about the the entire like region of queensland you're trying to knock out the you're whole talking country about an area right there that we were looking at the size of the western u.s yeah no that's skips is trying to like kind of confine that into the bone yeah. basin right <laughs> Yeah, Started but to really work my way out, yeah, Bowen, but like Galilee. he just told me, "Oh, that's just Bowen. I got to go all the way down to Tasmania here." Well, now all of a sudden, now you're talking an area that's starting to get into the size of the Western U.S. Wow, that's true. That is yeah. true. You're taking. I was going to say that. Obviously, I want to. I want to be Nats on the Bowen, but then everything after that is going to be, you know. Just, just kind of well, a fundamental understanding. Bowen, I'm not going to be. I'm definitely Arizona, not going to. For example, Bowen is about the size of Arizona, maybe a little bit longer, but uh, area-wise, it's about the same size. And uh, you hmm. know, to understand Arizona, I needed context. Yeah, you got because it was a postage stamp. Well, shit, a postage stamp with what, like eight orogenies in it? Yeah. <laughs> Well, Arizona's yeah, that's about eight, 15 orogenies in Arizona. 15. Holy shit. Yeah, and then when you start telling these guys, these stubborn Aussies. <laughs> <laughs> well, that you, one out. You have 
an advantage because they did invent Chaplin White invented the IS granite distinction. Mm-hmm. Now they don't they will admit that yeah, that can be reconstituted descriptively from a chemical point of view as the paraluminous metaluminous distinction. And just that distinction alone allows you to really go into these orogenies and figure them out. Mm-hmm. And that's what we did in our orogenies in Arizona. And what we found was a consistent pattern where you would start out with an early hydrous metaluminous thing, which is where a lot of the metals come from. And then you would have a closure of something would happen. And then you would have typically a flat subduction event or some kind of flat plate tectonic interaction event wow. that would create two microgranites. Now, depending on what kind of two microgranite you have, you get different metal deposits. But the thing that I'm going to, that the Australians are already going to come and lynch me with, because I got into it with one of them, uh, Paul Spry. We had a good time. We we had a collegial relationship. Uh, And on on the um, new, um, on the Broken Hill stuff. And the Broken Hill is is 1.69, and and what he thinks is metarhyolite, for me, is a paraluminous granite. Hmm. And these things are immiscible sulfide magmas in the spur sense, if you really get into your economic geology here. He he referred to some of these things as ore magmas, and he's dead right. And then people have plow that under and try to recharacterize them as reshuffle massive sulfides, which is ridiculous. These things are right on the timeline with a major closure event, a flat subduction event that is making up Broken Hill, and that's hundreds of miles of strike length. Wow. Yeah. Down there. It's the basically in the Lachlan Fold Belt. Well, Lachlan Fold Belt is Permian. It's part of the assembly event that makes up Pangea. So you, you need to go through all of that because I, I actually did a little work for Exxon on that because mm-hmm. they were trying to find porphyry coppers in all this. And then there's, I mean, we, we would have a ball, but I'm just telling you, you're taking on a huge thing. Changing and the world. It took Jan and I, and we just did it qualitatively. To take on the Precambrian in Arizona, mm-hmm. and what came that's coming out of it is something you ain't seen in the literature. Now we we just started; it's in the backwaters of that mineralogy book right now, where we were able to really break out the orogenic of, events and make sense out of them. Right, and you'll be able to do it here too, because you've yep. got major classes, and then you can figure out which way the subductions were dipping, wow. because you can. Uh, do the um, alkalinity on the metal luminous and figure out you'll 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 start to see potassium gradients like we did and mm. once you get the ages clarified so uh, you'll be able to figure out the polarities of the subduction zones which way dis- they were dipping d- and distance from the trench and all that you're talking yeah. about all that yeah you got it but you wow. but it won't you do not do it you'll find some guys that are near what we what you're going to come up with 
but they're off in other areas. You're gonna all of it is gonna be your own story. But but uh yeah. They all have, as you've already observed, they have bits and pieces of this. But you won't be able to unify it unless you do the Magma Metal series story, period. Yeah. Man. Other than that, you'll wind up reducing yourself to a topical problem, which is in your Bowen Basin. Oh, wow. Damn. All right. Let's end the uh, second show, second episode of the PB podcast uh, with that. As I feel like we can record a cool little intro right now and uh, we'll get the second episode off. And, and again, Skips, we'll uh, we'll jump into this in, in the next three to four weeks. We'll jump in again. Yeah. And I'll be back in the States. Let me see. On the 8th of December. Nice. So for how long? Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna try to get to Arizona at some point, Stan. I'm gonna nah. let you know that. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try, I try to mob out there for a bit. It's awesome. Okay. Yeah. So just a heads up, if you get a call from me and I need a place to stay, just be like, hey. <laughs> there is a, there is a, um, I got another bedroom you can stay. You, yep. you know all about it. Uh, oh yeah. yeah, you can cuddle with Draco. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll wait till you're asleep and then I'll stick in your bed with you. <laughs>